Bibles. Take your Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24. You know, if you notice people, and I hope you do, but if you notice people, wherever you go, so many have one thing in common, because wherever you go, you see people who are sad. You go to the grocery store, you see people who are sad. You go to, go to McDonald's. Those are the saddest girls in that window, beloved. I'm telling you, they're sad. They're sad. Wherever you go, go to work, people are sad. And you know, even if you go to church, you see people who are sad. Why? Why are you sad? That's what I want to talk about this morning. Why are you sad? Look with me in the book of Luke, chapter 24. And we're going to begin reading with verse 13. And the Bible says, And behold, two of them, that is, two of his, his followers, went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are what? Sad. Sad. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you for thy word. God, truly, it's a mirror. For God, we can see ourselves. Or we can see, Lord, this world that we live in. But God, we can see it so much more clearly when we look in thy word. Thank you for that. We thank you, God, for these who have come today. I thank you, Lord, for this message that, God, you've given me. And God, I preach it with the confidence that, Lord, there are those here who need what, they, what we're about to say, what you say in your word. And I pray, Father, that, God, you'll use it to perform thy will. And I pray, Father, if there be one here that's lost, Father, today they'll say yes to Jesus. Father, we thank you for all you've done. You've done so much. And Lord, we also thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus Christ's precious and holy name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to visualize with me two men. They're walking from Jerusalem on what's called the road to Emmaus. Emmaus was a small village, not, not very far, about, probably about six or seven miles from Jerusalem. And they're walking along, and they are heartbroken. Heartbroken. You see, they just left Jerusalem. And Jerusalem, beloved, is in an uproar. I mean, Confusion is everywhere. You see, beloved, Jesus, that great 
prophet and teacher had been crucified three days before. And then, beloved, on that very morning, the morning that they walked and left Jerusalem, women had gone, beloved, to, to his tomb and had seen that his tomb was empty. Some were saying that the disciples had stole his body. Some were saying that, no, no, he's alive. He is risen from the dead. So these two, Walked along, beloved, talking, talking about all that had transpired concerning Jesus, the one who they had thought to be the Messiah. And they were heartbroken, heartbroken, as they talked about those things. Beloved, you could see the sadness in their faces. You could see, beloved, the confusion. You could hear the sorrow in their voices as they, as they conversed one with another. But then suddenly a man appeared. And beloved, they didn't, they didn't know it because their eyes were holding. God had, had, had blinded them to the fact that the one they were that was approaching was Jesus, was the resurrected Lord himself. And he said to them, he said, he said, what manner of conversation is this that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Now let me put that, beloved, uh, in a way that everybody can understand what the Lord was asking. Jesus asked, what are you talking about? And why are you sad? Why are you sad? And beginning at verse 18 through 24, beloved, they tell him all about why they are sad. They said, Jesus Jesus, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word. Oh, the Pharisees, our religious leaders, took Jesus and have crucified him, put him to death. We thought it would be he who, who would redeem Israel. We thought he was the Messiah, the Christ. And on top of that, Certain women uh, went to the tomb early today and, and, and the tomb was empty. They said that angels appeared and, and said he was risen. That's why we're sad. That's why we're sad. Folks, the man who was Jesus himself gave them a harsh rebuke in verse 25 and 26. And then the Bible says, beginning at Moses, beginning with the book of Genesis, beloved, uh, and, and, and went through all the scriptures, the things concerning himself, concerning Jesus. And later, the Bible tells us, beloved, as they said it meet with him, the Lord revealed who he was, and he vanished from their sight. Now, I want you to notice with me three things. Three things, beloved, that that 
that, that these men were sad about. Three things that so many times we are sad about. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen to see if you hear the Lord say to you and to me, why are you sad? Why are you sad? The first thing I see that they were sad about was the trial that they were going through. The trial that they were going through. Folks, these men were facing a terrible trial. You see, things had not gone the way, beloved, they thought that they should. Beloved, the... the they thought, beloved, this one that had healed the sick, this one that had raised the dead, this one who had taught as no man had ever taught before, they thought, beloved, this one who had proved himself to be the Messiah by many signs and wonders, they thought, beloved, he would redeem, save Israel. Israel. They thought, beloved, he'd conquer Israel's enemies. They thought, beloved, he would drive out the Romans or either destroy them. They thought, beloved, he would set up his throne and bring in prosperity and peace to Israel. I mean, isn't that what the prophet said Messiah would do? Oh, but now, now, beloved, he had been crucified. He had been put into a tomb. Beloved, he had been killed by their own religious leaders. Folks, all their hopes and dreams, they had hung on Jesus, on Jesus, beloved. But now, beloved, with his death, beloved, their, their dreams had been dashed to pieces. Oh, yes, Lord, we're sad. We're sad because, because things haven't gone the way they should. And I can imagine Jesus looking at them. And in that look, beloved, he's saying this. According to who? You say that things haven't gone the way they should. According to who? According to you? Who are you? Who are you? You're just a speck in God's universe. You're just a speck, a drop of water in God's mighty ocean. Who are you? Who are you? Let me tell you, these things you call a trial are going exactly the way God wants them to go. Exactly the way that God plan for him to go. Oh yes, it's painful. Yes, it hurts to see what happened to Jesus. Yes, you are disappointed. But beloved, you are, are disappointed because all is not going as you thought it should. As you thought it should. But it is going as God thought it should. As God thought. And folks, what they thought to be terrible, listen to me, God was going to make it for 
their good. Let that sink in. What they thought to be so terrible, God was going to make it for their good. Oh, listen, they should have been praising God. They should have been rejoicing, beloved. You see, God was going to turn the Lord's death and suffering into salvation for them and for all who would believe. For all who would believe. He was going to make the Lord shed blood, the cleansing agent that would wash away their sins. His death, beloved, would be the the payment for their sin, beloved. His suffering would become, beloved, the balm of Gilead to take away their suffering. Oh, so much more was God giving them because Jesus died and rose again more, beloved, than they were hoping for had he not died. No wonder. No wonder Jesus said, why are you sad when you should be rejoicing, when you should be praising God? I think about these two men, sad and brokenhearted over the trial that they, beloved, are going through. Then I think about us, and I put myself in this. I think about us grieving and sad over the trials that we are going through or that we go through. And beloved, I can almost hear the Lord say, why are you sad? You should be rejoicing, Christian. You should be rejoicing. You say, preacher, you're crazy. Oh, no. This is Bible. Amen. This is Bible. Listen, folks. These trials, these trials are hard because, beloved, they aren't going, they aren't the way we think they should be. They're hard, beloved, because because, uh, they're not the way, beloved, we want them to be. It's not going the way we think it ought to. But our thoughts and our ways, listen to me, are so below God's thoughts and God's ways that we can't see clearly. What does the Bible say in Isaiah 55, 9? God says this, for, 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 excuse me, for us, the, the, excuse me, yeah, for us, the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts, than your thoughts. See, as Christians, now if you're lost, you don't pay any attention to this. But as Christians, beloved, it's our Father who is in control, Amen our heavenly Father. It's God, beloved, who allows the troubles and the trials to come our way. And folks, listen. 
He is so loving toward us. He is so good to us. He cares so much about us. He is so gracious and so kind that if God, beloved, allows that trouble or trial to touch you, it's not a trial. It is a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It may seem like a trial. It may feel like a trial. It may look like a trial. But God, God is going to make it a blessing. A blessing. Has he not told us that? Look, beloved, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Listen to this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Did you hear that? God speaking to, and he was speaking to national Israel, but they were his people. Guess what? We're his people too, amen? We're saved, we're his people. He was talking, beloved, to Israel. And he was saying, listen, he, he was saying, I know, I know what I, I, my, I, I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not evil. That, beloved, that, that to give you an expected end. And folks, these people he was talking to, you talk about a trial. The Babylonians were coming. Isaiah had told them. Jeremiah had told them. You're going to be, Israel's going to be destroyed. Judah's going to be destroyed. Temple's going to be destroyed. You're going to be taken away captive for 70 years. And God says to these people facing that trial, my thoughts for you is good, not evil to an expected end. In other words, God said, oh, what, you, what you're going to go through is going to end up being good for you. Good for you. What about Romans 8, 28? And we know that all things, what does all mean? All means all. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, uh, who are the called according to his purpose. Suppose you're wanting a certain thing to happen. Something come along, messes it up. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's financial disaster, whatever. But it messes it up, beloved, like like. Something messed up what these two men, beloved, wanted. And you're disappointed. And you're disillusioned. And you're sad and sorrowful. But folks, what are you sad about? Listen, God is going to give you so much more than you expected. So much more. Man, I wish I had some holiness in here. I wish somebody shout out and say, praise God. Well, that's something to shout about. You expect this and it don't happen. It gets messed up. And God, beloved, has got a whole banquet that he's going to pour down on you. Oh, Christian, if things don't go the way you want or expect, 
when you go through that trial, listen to me, cheer up. God is sending a special blessing from that trial. From that trial. They were sad. They were sad because of the trial they were going through. Oh, if they had only known, beloved, what that trial was bringing their way, they would have rejoiced and praised God. But that's not the only reason they were sad. They were sad because they honestly thought evil had won. They thought evil had won. Folks, anyone who followed Jesus certainly knew that the scribes and the Pharisees were the enemies of the Lord. I mean, it was obvious. It was them, beloved, who was always lying about Jesus. They called him a wine bitter, a drunkard, and a glutton. Beloved, it was them that was always trying to trap him in his words. It was them, beloved, that accused him of casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, in the name of the devil. Oh, they were his enemies. But, beloved, the Lord's greatest enemy was Satan. Was Satan. See, it was Satan that put it into the heart of King Herod to kill the babies in Bethlehem because he was attempting to kill the Christ child. It was, it was Satan, beloved, who tempted the Lord in the wilderness and tried to get him to bow to him. It was Satan, beloved, that put it into the heart of Judas to betray him. It was Satan who put it into the heart of the Pharisees to demand his death. And his disciples knew that. They knew that. So when Jesus was arrested and tried and beaten and nailed to the cross and died on that cross, they all thought the Pharisees have won. Satan has won. He's won. Folks, these two were, were among his followers. So that is exactly what they thought. Oh, he's dead. Oh, they crucified him. Our rulers and religious leaders, evil has triumphed over good because Jesus was good. And it broke their hearts. It broke their hearts. So there they were. These two men on the road to Emmaus. They were leaving Jerusalem, the city of God, going to Emmaus. You know what the word Emmaus means? It means beloved despised or obscure or obscure. Get this. They were on their way from the city of God to obscurity and, and, and uh, being despised. Oh, they thought evil had won. So they, beloved, were on their way to obscurity. And they were sad, brokenhearted. Oh, but then the Lord came to them and asked, 
why are you sad? And they told him, they told him one of the elements, beloved, of their sadness was that evil had won. You read verse 20. That's what they're saying. Evil had won. Jesus answered them. He said, oh, fools, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter, get this, into his glory. In other words, Jesus said, evil hasn't won. Christ has won. Righteousness has won. He has entered into his glory. Into his glory. You see, God used the evil of Satan, the evil of men, beloved, to defeat Satan and to defeat, beloved, evil men, to defeat, beloved, all the evil that has ever been and ever will be. Christ, Christ through his suffering, beloved, has entered into his glory. His glory. Oh, you too. You too, don't be sad. Be glad. Rejoice. Evil will never win over Christ. It'll never win. Now, I admit, sometimes evil appears to be winning, doesn't it? But beloved, it can never, never win over Christ. Folks, Satan is mighty. And beloved, his henchmen are mighty. If you don't believe that, take a trip to Washington, D.C. Look at his henchmen. They got money, they got power, they got influence. They're mighty. But I want you to know God is almighty. God is almighty. He's more mighty than Satan and all of his henchmen, all of his demons, all beloved of those principalities and powers. He's more mighty. He's more mighty. We see that. We see that from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. We see it, beloved, in the pre-flood world. We see it in the post-flood world. We see it in the days of Abraham. We see it in the days of Moses. We see it in the days of the judges. We see it in the days of Saul and David, Elijah and Elisha. In the days of Jeremiah and Daniel, we see it, beloved, in the days of Christ and in the early church. And we see it in the time to come, the days of the tribulation. Beloved, in every age, listen to me, Evil appears to be winning, appears to be winning, but in every age, God wins the victory. Every age. And you know, it appears in our age. In this pre-tribulation time that we live in, it appears that evil is winning. We, we look and see, beloved churches, Declining. Declining. I saw a thing the other day. Read a little article on churches being sold in, in North Carolina because so many churches had closed their doors because of low attendance. And churches all over this state are being sold. Are being sold. We see it, beloved, 
as we see wickedness waxing worse and worse and worse. We see evil, beloved, uh, uh, being called good and good being called evil. I can't get over that. I, I look at that and I think either the world's gone crazy or I have. I have. We see, beloved, uh, abortion is applauded and pro-life. Get this. It's put down. Killing a baby is applauded. But pro-life, you're the lowest scum in the world if you stand for that. We see, beloved, immorality and homosexuality is uplifted and glorified by the world. Righteousness and holiness is laughed at and scoffed at and ridiculed. We see the lies of Satan and men, beloved, are believed. And beloved, the truth of God's word is belittled. Belittled. Oh, it seems. As we see all of this and so much more, it seems that evil has won. And we, beloved, who love righteousness and truth are sad. We are brokenhearted at what we see and what we hear. But beloved, as we walk along in our sadness, the Lord comes to us and he says, why are you sad? Don't you realize what this means? Don't you understand that, that this suffering must come for my glory to be revealed? It must come. It must come. Don't you understand that this evil you see is just the precursor to the tribulation when evil will reach its height and when the cup of my wrath toward evil is full, then will I come back. Then, beloved, will I, I put an end to evil forever and ever. It's then, it's then that I'll destroy all evil from the earth and set up my kingdom of righteousness that will last forever and ever and ever. Why are you sad, Christian? Evil has not won. Jesus has. Jesus has. And soon, oh soon, the whole world will know it because they will see him coming in his Glory. Oh, they thought that evil had won. As the world, as they walked that Emmaus road. But beloved, if they had only known. Now get this. If they had only known that they were actually talking to the Lord of victory as they walked along, beloved, they would have rejoiced. They would have said, no, here's Jesus. Evil has not won. Evil has not won. And so should you, Christian. Because no matter, matter how bad things may seem, just like then, Listen to me. The Lord is closer than you know. He is closer than you know.
But yet another thing, another thing that caused him to be sad that day. And Jesus addressed it when he said this. Oh fools, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have said. Now I want you to listen very carefully. Folks, the thing that ultimately caused all of their sadness was that they were slow to believe all that God had said through his prophets. That brought all the sadness. That was the ultimate thing. Folks, if they had believed all God said, sadness would have never dominated their hearts. Sure, they would have been, been there, there would have been a moment of sadness. But beloved, if they had believed all, that momentary sadness would have given way to rejoicing. To rejoicing. They would have remembered. If they believed all God said, they would have remembered that God had said Messiah must suffer and die. They would have remembered that Messiah must be crucified. They would have remembered that Messiah will rise again with a new glory. Beloved, they would have remembered what God had said. And beloved, they would have rejoiced. They would have rejoiced. They would have remembered that he was suffering for them. That he, beloved, was bearing their iniquity. And that he was purchasing their salvation. Isaiah chapter 40, 53. Oh, if they had remembered, beloved, and believed all God said, when that, that empty tomb was known, beloved, it would not have been a surprise. It would have been a glorious rejoicing. If they had remembered but you see, they believed part of the scripture. And the other part they just dismissed. They believed the kingdom part. Oh, the Messiah is coming. Going to destroy our enemies and reign forever. And, and sit on the throne of David. That's what they remembered. But all these other things. They didn't believe all the prophets had said. Tell me, Christian, do you believe all that God has said? As you face that trial, do you truly believe that God, beloved, will work that trial for your good and His glory? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Is, are, are you saying, are you thinking all oh, the Bible says we're going to have, uh, in the world we shall have, tribulation don't forget the last part be of good cheer I have overcome the world see we forget that part we forget that part as you see the evil all around do you truly believe that this is the beginning of sorrows and that beloved he is coming soon to snatch his church away from this earth before the wrath falls. As you stand, Christian, by the grave of that saved loved one, 
Do you believe all God has said? Do you believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord? Do you believe, beloved, what God said when he said, beloved, that this body of your loved one will, will rise a glorified body with no sickness, no sorrow, no pain, no death? Do you believe? Do you believe that the suffering of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that your loved ones shall receive? Do you believe that? Folks, these are all things that God has said. Would you believe part or would you believe all that God has said? If you believe part, you will be sad. You will be sad. But if you believe all he said, you will rejoice. You will rejoice. Why are you sad? Why are you sad? Why are you Christian? Do you know, beloved, the only thing that we as Christians have to be sad about is either, beloved, that we're not saved, really saved, then you've got a reason to be sad. Or that your loved ones, your friends, those people you see are lost and they need to be saved. That's the only thing we've got to be sad about. The only thing. Because everything else, beloved, God is taking care of for you. For you. That's all you have to be sad about. And for that we mourn and we pray and we work that they might get saved. That they might get saved. And if you yourself are not saved, not included in these wonderful promises of God, you can get saved now. God has done it all. Jesus paid it all, did it all on Calvary. And he offers you a free gift, eternal life, eternal life with God, joy beyond measure, delights you cannot imagine. He hands you that gift. And all you got to do is by faith receive it. Receive it. Oh, let me tell you. If you're not saved, receive it now because you are missing so much. So much. And Christian, if you are saved, and if you are not saved, you're not Christian. If you are saved, why are you sad? You've got so much, so much to rejoice about. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes as you stand. I see those men. Followers of Christ walking along sad.
Why are they sad? The same reasons you see Christians sad. Sad because of a trial that they're going through. Sad. Sad because they believe evil is triumphing over right, over, over good. Oh, let me tell you. You could not be more wrong. You could not be more deceived. Because beside you, Christian, is walking the Son of Almighty God who won the victory over evil. Rejoice. Rejoice. Father, we ask you to have your way now in this invitation. Lord, if there be one here that's lost, oh God, as you reach out to them with that free gift of salvation, I pray, God, with trembling hands, they will take it from you and take it to their bosom and receive Christ by faith. And God, help Christians. Help us all to say, we've got nothing, nothing to be sad about. And oh, how we ought to be rejoicing and praising God. Lord, you have your way in every heart. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed as Martha plays. We invite you to come. You to come. Won't you come? Won't you come? Won't you come? Praise to Him. Praise to Him. All glory to Him. Won't you come? Come. You've got so much to praise Him. Thank him for. Can you see it? That God would open our eyes that we can see that the Savior is right beside us. Right beside us. And He's whispering to us. And He's telling us that that trial, oh, it's going to be a blessing. A blessing. He's telling us that evil has not won. I have won. I have won. Righteousness has won. He's telling us. Believe all. All the scripture. All that God has said. Through his prophets. Won't you come? You may be seated, heads bowed and eyes closed. I thank God for the moving of His Holy Spirit and these who have come. 